Going into a new year is always a time where, uh, for many of us, we start thinking through our lives, our goals, our objectives, what we want to accomplish this year. And how many of you guys have made some resolutions or goals for yourselves this year? I'm sure a lot of us have done that. But uh, what I wanted to do today is just take a moment to be introspective a little bit today and kind of have a series of questions that Solomon's going to lay out for us here in Proverbs chapter 3 that we can ask about our lives as we start seeking God's direction for our life in 2020. See, as a guy, I think many of you guys can, can resonate with me here. We don't like to stop and ask guidance or direction. Am I right? Like we always turn the GPS off. We're, we're telling the wife to be quiet. I got this. I'll figure it out. A couple extra turns and a couple extra hours, we finally get there, right? And so we hate asking for guidance and direction. In fact, there, there, just a couple weeks ago, we we're working on some stuff in our house and uh, we were at Home Depot and uh, so I was looking for this one particular item. And so walking around with my wife and kids, I'm like, hey, why don't you guys just stay here? I'll be right back. I know exactly where it's at. So I walk all the way across the store and I get there and it's not where I thought it was. And I go walking across the, the store back the other side. It's not there either. And all of a sudden my phone buzzes. And so I pull out my phone and I look and it's a text from my wife. She goes, hey, is this what you're looking for? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you took the fun out of it. And so I went back to front. I'm like, how'd you, do, how'd you find it? She goes, I just asked the guy right there. And he said, it's right there on the shelf. And I'm like, so we just, there's something about being a guy that it's, it's, it's like a game or whatever you want to call it, where you just can't, can't seem to ask for help. But as we go into this year, uh, I want to take some time, like I said, to kind of be introspective and think about um, what are the things that I need to be working on or that we need to be working on as we seek God and his guidance in our lives. And so today we're going to take a look at the, the book of Proverbs. If you guys um, have never read Proverbs or, or if you don't read Proverbs, I encourage you guys, I read, try and read a proverb every day um, just because it is so simple. One chapter every day. It's very simple, practical wisdom from Solomon. Uh, in First Kings, it says that God granted him anything he wanted and he, sought, he said, God, I want wisdom. And so God bestowed that upon him. He said, because you don't want wealth, you don't want power. He goes, I will give you your wish. And so Solomon was given this divine wisdom and discernment from God, and he shares that with us here in the book of Proverbs, but it's very simple and practical insights. And for many of us, and one of the verses we'll talk about today is uh, verse five and six. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Many of us have heard that verse. Many of us have memorized that verse and we know that verse. And it's so simple to, to hear and to understand, yet it's a little more difficult to apply as we begin to seek his direction for our lives. And so we're going to talk through that just a little bit today. But the fact is God will divinely direct our lives when we allow him to do so. When we seek him and we ask that uh, he direct our paths, he will do that for us. In fact, he gives us the Holy Spirit that every day is with us wherever we go that will help us seek his direction and point us in, in the way that we should go. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 13, he said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And so we have this ability to tap in to the power of God and the divine direction of God. You see, a lot of us look for that sign. We're looking for the burning bush. We're looking for the pillar of fire like the Israelites had. But the fact is the Spirit is with us every single day, guiding and directing us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So join with me in Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1 and read the first couple of verses, and we'll stop and talk as we go. So here's what Solomon says. He says, My son, do not forget my teaching." But let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So Solomon here is writing as a father to his kids or as God speaking to his children. And I love that right out of the gate, he gives us one simple thing to digest. And that is this, do not forget my teaching. Do not forget 
my teaching. So on your outline, I want you to write this down. The first question we're going to ask of ourselves today is, am I making God's word a priority in my life? Am I making God's word a priority in my life? And there's a reason I believe that Solomon starts off here, because if we're not seeking God in his word, then it's really hard to seek him for direction. You see, God gave us this book. He gave us his word that we could seek him on a daily basis and seek direction directly from him. And so if we're not starting there, if that's not the first step, then I can tell you that this is the absolute place that you need to go. And so he says, do not forget my teaching. And one of the stories I love from the Old Testament is when Joshua takes, takes over command of the Israelites, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and God uses Joshua to, to lead the troops into the promised land. And God gives uh, Joshua this encouragement. He says, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then it says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. So notice it says, I've got great things in store for you, but the first thing that you have to know is that you need to meditate on God's word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Memorize scripture, seek me in your word, and then you'll be prosperous and then you will have success. That is where it starts for every single one of us. Every single day we start in God's word. And if we're not starting there, I can tell you that that is step one for many of us to seek him in his word. See, everything today we talk about will boil down to this. In fact, David said it this way in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. If you're seeking God's direction and not seeking it in his word, we need to remember his teaching, meditate on his word day and night. And then he goes on to say, and here's the second part of that, not only do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. So not only be readers of the word, but doers of the word, allow the word to sink in, apply it to my life. There has to be application. You have to do what the Bible says. So if you're reading it and not doing it, again, probably our problem. You have to read the word, but also keep the commandments and do what God has laid out for us in his word. You see, the story of Joshua goes on. They go into Jericho, and you guys probably know the story. They march around the city for six days. On the seventh day, they blow the trumpets. The walls come down. They go in, and they have this great victory. They go take over the city of Jericho, and it's their first step towards claiming the promised land that God has for them. And so God had one command for the Israelites. says, go in, do these things. When you go in and loot the city, take all the silver and gold, all of the possessions, and you're going to give it to the priest. That's all mine. This one battle everything is mine. For every other battle from here out, it's all yours. You guys to take whatever you want. So one commandment. But there was this one guy that decided to take some of the silver and gold for himself and take it to his tent. And he hid it in his tent. His name was Achan. And it says that when he did that, uh, the favor of the Lord kind of was removed from them. They go to this next battle of Ai. It's this really small little town. Israel only sends a couple hundred troops uh, to defeat him because it's so small. And it says they suffer an awful defeat. And so Joshua starts seeking God. He says, God, we're doing everything you've asked. Why is it that we didn't win this battle? You told us the victory was ours. And he says, there's sin in the camp. And so the second question you have to ask yourself this year when we're seeking God's direction is, is there sin in the camp? Is there sin in the camp? You see, sometimes we have to examine our lives. If we're not hearing from God, there might be a reason for that. And sometimes we justify things in our lives and say, well, this is okay because, you know, I'm not doing it that much. Or, you know, it's probably okay because it's a gray area and God will allow me to do that. But seek God, ask him. You know, is there sin in the camp? Is there something I'm doing to prevent you from working in my life? Just like what happened with the Israelites here. Is there sin in the camp? Is there something you need to reveal to me? And Paul says it this way in Hebrews chapter 12. 
He says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance in the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We have to lay, a lot, lay aside those things that, that will ensnare us and keep us from achieving what God wants us to. So ask God, is there sin in their camp? Is there something you need to reveal to me? And then Solomon goes on in verse 3 and it says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. And again, I love the simplicity of Proverbs where he just comes out and says, look, do not let kindness and truth leave you. I think we can all agree that the world needs a little bit more kindness. Am I right? Yeah. He says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. In fact, he says, you know, put it around your neck, inscribe it on your heart. These things should be the very nature of who we are as followers of Christ. Grace mercy, truth, forgiveness. These should be the characteristics that go with us always. In fact, the word kindness there in verse three, it literally translates to the word mercy. As a follower of Jesus, we are given grace and mercy from him. And he says, now go give that to my people. Inscribe it on your heart. Let it be who you are. Let it be what you're known for is kindness. And for some of us, as we sit in here today and we think about grace and mercy and forgiveness, there are things that are stopping us from, from taking that step and trusting him fully because we're holding on to things in our past. And so on your outline, I want you to write this question. Number three is, who do I need to forgive and what do I need to let go of? Who do I need to forgive or what do I need to let go of? You see, some of us have things in our past that we are holding on to and it's causing bitterness in our lives and that's creeping up and affecting areas of our lives. Some of us have been very wronged by people, but we have to take the step to forgive them as Christ has forgiven us. And Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter four, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Just as he did it for you, you're to do that for everyone else in your life. And for some of us, you can think about that situation in your life right now where you need to forgive someone, you need to let go of something, we need to move on and forgive and forget and take your next step. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, Paul goes on to say, pursue peace with all men. Pursue peace with all men. Let kindness be inscribed on your heart. Let that be your very nature and carry that with you everywhere you go. And it says the result, there'll be favor from God and favor from men. When you give that, it is given back to you. So maybe be known for our kindness and the truth that we take with us everywhere we go. And then in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, Solomon goes on. I want you to underline the first word of chapter five. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and then he will make your paths straight. So on your outline number four, I want you to write this down and we're going to break it down a little bit. It's a simple question of what or who is guiding my life? What or who is guiding my life? See, as followers of Jesus, it's really easiest to say, well, I love Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. So he's guiding my life. But when you're really honest with yourself, are you looking towards everything else in your life for guidance and direction, but not seeking him first? And notice that it says, trust in the Lord with part, some, a little bit. It says all of your heart, with everything you are. Are you trusting him with every aspect of your life, your job, your family, your finances, your, your, your faith? Are you fully 
committed to Christ with all of your heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon puts it this way. He says, Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all of your ways will be established. We have to fix our eyes on him. You see, life's going to throw a lot of stuff at you, and you guys have probably experienced this by now. You'll face a lot of adversity. And one of the stories I love is if you ever read old stories about ships as they would sail past icebergs, it would say that there would be a wind, a prevailing wind blowing from the east to the west. And you'd have these massive sheets of ice, a couple hundred feet high. And so the wind would be blowing from the east to the west, yet it says the iceberg would travel from the west to the east, the complete opposite direction of the wind. And nobody ever understood why until later on they could go down there and see what was happening. See, the iceberg, what you see above water, is only about 10% of the size of the iceberg. So although the wind is blowing this way, it says there's a current underneath that's pushing it in the entirely the opposite direction. And this is a beautiful picture of our lives. When we are facing adversity and everything seems to be against us, when we fix our eyes ahead on Christ, it says that he is the current that's going to continue pushing us in the right direction. No matter what adversity you face, God's going to continue to push you in his direction but we have to be fixed on him, fully trusting him in all aspects of our lives. And so in these verses, Solomon lays out three very practical things for us to consider. When we're seeking God's will for our life, when you're trying to seek his direction, there are three things that he tells us in these passages. We're gonna go through them each right now really quick. So on that box in your outline, it says this. Step one, the first thing he says is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. The word trust here, had you underline it, it literally translates as one surrendering to an opposing general. Okay, you're completely giving up everything, fully abandoned and committing your life to him. Absolutely everything you're giving up, laying down before him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And so step one is, are you fully trusting him with every aspect of your life, with every decision, with everything that you're facing? Are you still trusting him? And then the second thing he says is lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Are you looking for God for understanding or are you looking through your own lens and your own understanding of your life's situations and circumstances? You see, this happens often for us. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning of time, in Genesis chapter three, the fall of man, what happened was we had two individuals who said, I've got this, I can trust myself and my own understanding and I can make this happen. And because of that, the result is sin enters the world And we all struggle with that to this day. We want to trust our own understanding of our lives and our circumstances, and we don't look to God, the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, for his wisdom, his insight, and his understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. No matter what's happening, are you trusting God and his perspective? And then step three, the third thing is, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge here literally translates to fellowship or a relationship. And I love this. Because when it says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, this isn't like a one-time deal. It is a constant commitment in our life to being in a relationship and being in fellowship with Jesus. And everything we do, he is welcomed into every aspect of our life. Just as we took communion a little while ago and we welcomed him into our life, it's the same picture here where we are trusting him fully. When the Bible says, pray without ceasing, It is not pray sometimes or only when you need something, but it is a constant attitude of prayer in our lives. It is a continual thing to acknowledge him. It is a continual thing to pray without ceasing. 
And then the Solomon goes on to say the result there is that he will make your paths straight. When we do these things, when we trust him, when we lean not on his understanding or on our understanding, but his, and then all of our ways acknowledge him, it says, then he will make your paths straight. He will be the undercurrent pushing you in the direction he wants you to go. No matter what you face, when we do these things and commit ourselves 100% to him, he will push us in his direction, remove obstacles from our lives as he guides us on his path. And the psalm goes on in verse 7 and 8. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. For the Lord, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I think some of us know those people in our lives that they know everything about everything. You guys know those people? You know, they're like NFL quarterbacks and they're brain surgeons at the same time somehow. They just know it all and they're, they're not afraid to tell you how to fix your problems, right? They're those types of people. Well, I love this verse because it's so simple. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. We don't know what's going on in the, in the, in the lives of our family members or our friends sometimes. And we just need to be the ones that are showing kindness and love that Jesus calls us to do. But don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't, don't keep that upon yourself um, but seek him for wisdom. In fact, some of the, some of the big, most questions we get often as pastors is, is about guidance and direction. You know, I really feel like God's calling me to do X, Y, or Z. You know, so there's a couple things we'll always ask people. Number one is if you're feeling called to do something, are you seeking God first? Are you seeking God? Like, is this what you're truly calling me to do? And if the answer is yes, and you feel like God's calling you to do that, then the second thing is, is there confirmation from people in your life? Are other people confirming this in your life as well? You see, in Proverbs chapter 11, it talks about there being a, a uh, there's wisdom and a multitude of counselors. When we seek people in our lives that we trust the most, it says that they will provide you with counsel and wisdom. So seek God and then seek confirmation from others. But he goes on, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't try and do it on your own. But then he says, fear the Lord and turn from evil. The command, fear the Lord, is mentioned 18 times in the book of Proverbs, something Solomon took very, very seriously. And this isn't the fear that God's going to smite me or something's going to happen if I make the wrong move, but it's a reverence and respect for the authority and power that God has in our lives. Do we respect and, and revere God and, and fear him in our lives and respect him enough to seek him in all of our decisions? It's not about my wisdom, it's about what he wants to do. And then it says the result, it will bring healing to your body. Okay, and the word body here literally means navel. Okay, so it brings healing from the very central core of who we are and refreshment to who we are when we trust him and when we fear him in all aspects of our life. Again, just like communion, when we welcome him into the depths of our life, it says there's refreshment and healing in our lives. And then he goes on in verse 9 and 10. And Solomon says this, he says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from your first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. On your outline, number five is what does my giving reveal about my commitment to Jesus? What does my giving reveal about my commitment to Jesus? You know, we'll often say that if you want to know about your commitment to Christ, you can look in two areas. One is your checkbook. The other one is your calendar. Are you giving him your time and are you trusting him in your finances? And uh, this is one of those things where, you know, you hear Pastor Dan say it a lot, that, that God loves to bless us. Just as we love to bless our children, God loves to bless his children. Okay, in fact, Christmas Day, I don't know if it's like this in your house. Danae and I were, were talking this year. We're like, this is the year that we're putting our foot down. We're not going to spoil our kids. Any of you guys have that conversation before? Yeah, we had that conversation. It didn't work out at all. So... We had this conversation, we're, you know, we're doing the whole, like, you know, a couple gifts, what they need, you know, all that stuff, and we're done. 
you know, and then we get like a week out from Christmas and it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And so, you know, Amazon boxes start showing up and Target runs and, you know, but we just love to bless our kids. I think as parents, most of us would agree that you love to see your kids succeed and you love to bless your children in the same way God loves to bless his children. But are you trusting him in every aspect of your life, including your finances? Are you trusting him in that area? And uh, I, I can tell you there are so many stories of people that have taken this step for the first time and God has shown up and blessed them personally, blessed a business or whatever, but God will show up for you. In Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. He wants to bless you, but we have to trust him. You know, even when we're facing adversity, are you trusting him? I remember there was a time we were talking about this just a couple of weeks ago where I lost my job for about a year. I was doing everything I could to kind of make ends meet, working multiple small jobs. And uh, we had our first baby and we couldn't put milk in the fridge. Now I could have gone to my parents or somebody else and said, hey, you know, I need milk for the baby. And they, and they would have helped us. And we certainly would have done that. But I remember going out to the mailbox that day and there was a check for like $149 or something like that from, from MedExpress. In, in our mailbox. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will look at that and say, well, that's just a refund check. That's not God showing up. But I can tell you, we were faithful in our giving. We had a need and God stepped up and met that need. You know, sometimes it's through a supernatural, you know, check shows up in the mail, or sometimes it's just through practical circumstances. But God showed up and met a need for us. And that's something that we will remember forever because we were faithful to him. He was faithful to us. And I know that there are so many of you that have stories like that where you started stepping out in faith and trusting this area and God showed up for you. The fact is God loves us and wants to bless us. And I remember when we started the building process, you know, it's going to be an exciting year for this church as we move into our, our new facility. And I think God's got great, great plans for, for Calvary as we head into 2020 and beyond. But I remember very earlier sitting down with Pastor Dan and we were talking about the building process. We were talking about Christmas offering and all that stuff. And he's like, you know, you know, as much as we are excited about that building, that's not what this church exists for, is, is putting up a building, but it's for the ministry that takes place here, the lives that are changed, and then around the world being able to support ministry partners like Mission One and Pastor Idris and all of the pastors and missionaries that we need to support around the world and help them do ministry because of the faithful giving of our congregation. And we never want to lose focus of that. It's not about, you know, a really nice building. You know, yes, those things are useful, and yes, it will be used to do many, many incredible things. But that's only a part of what we get to do. We get to minister around the world because of the faithfulness and the giving of everyone in this room. And so thank you for continue, continuing supporting this ministry and taking that step. But for some of us, that might be the very step that we need to take to fully allow him to open up the floodgates of blessing in our life. You know, and see, tithes are not a payment to God. A lot of us get trapped in there and say, well, if I, if I give to him, then he will give back to me. Yes, I believe he will bless you. But it's not a payment. It is simply evidence in our lives of where our trust level is with him. You know, if we're struggling to make ends meet, it's really easy to say, well, that's the first thing I'm going to rein in. Okay, but do you trust him with all of your heart and every aspect of your life, including your finances? And then in closing, he goes on to say in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, he says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. 
So as a parent, we not only have the, the, the ability to bless our kids, but we're also called to kind of course correct or discipline when it's needed. And it says, look, if you are a follower of Jesus, you won't reject the discipline of the Lord. In fact, it's something we should be seeking from him. And I can tell you, I think one of the scariest places we can be in our lives is in a place where we are not hearing from God. We are not receiving conviction from God. And he's kind of handed us over to the desires of our heart when it's not him. And so the last question I want you to write down in your outline is question six. Is, am I receiving correction and feeling conviction in my life? Am I receiving uh, correction and receiving conviction in my life? If we're at a place where you can just go do things that are wrong and you're not hearing from the Lord, then I can tell you that you're in a, in a place where you need to start seeking forgiveness and seeking him. See, like I said, at the very beginning of the teaching today is the Holy Spirit is with us everywhere we go. And sometimes we go to make a decision, you hear that voice in your head or you have that audible twinge in your spirit that tells you not to do something or do something differently. The spirit wants to guide and direct your life. And as soon as we stop hearing from him and stop receiving correction from him and stop receiving conviction from him, we're not in a good place. The Israelites dealt with it all throughout their history where they said, you know what, God, we're going to do it on our own. We're going to go out and trust ourselves. We're going to go out and worship these false idols. And God steps back and says, that's fine. You know, you're on your own. And when we step out of that correction and we're not looking for him to, for conviction, that is not the place that we need to be. So some of us need to look for him and ask him for that guidance and direction, ask him for that conviction in our lives. For many of us in this room right now, we have started this relationship with Jesus, but there are things that are holding us back. And so I hope that in 2020, we will take some time to pray through together what it is we need to do in our lives, what might be holding us back from all that God has for us. But for some of us in this room, we have not even taken the first step of trusting Jesus with our lives. In just a moment, we're going to pray. And when I do that, there's some prayer partners going to come up front. I would encourage you, if you've not taken that first step of trusting Jesus with your life, then make today that day. Come forward and give your life to Christ and open yourself up to everything he has for you and the direction he has for your life. And for those of you that are in here today that have done that, but you're not hearing from God, then pray. Ask him to reveal what is it that I need to be doing to be 100% in your blessing and your direction in our lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're so grateful for your word and just grateful that we get to take time each week to step out of our, our crazy lives and our crazy schedules and seek you uh, and what it is that you want to, to teach us and, and tell us, Jesus. And I just pray that this week and this year and beyond, that your spirit is moving and guiding and directing and convicting and, and just opening up the, the floodhouse of blessing upon each individual in this room. God, we believe that 2020 is going to be an amazing year uh, for each individual here, for this church, God. And uh, we're just grateful to be a part of it and, and just excited for what you're going to do uh, through the, the ministries here this, this year, God. Father, we pray for each individual here that as we're seeking you, that uh, you'll reveal those things that we need to work on, God, that we can be 100% in alignment with you and your will and your desires for our lives. Jesus, we pray for a prosperous year. We pray for safety for those around the world that need it, Father. We pray for uh, just everything that you would want to, to point out to us, God, just may we be open and receptive to your work in our lives. Thank you for the calling that you put on our lives to be here. We love you. Go before us this week and keep us safe until we come back again next week. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.